report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, for the first time in what feels like, I don't know, forever, uh, we have a guest as well, Sean Keen from CNET. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you back on. Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a guest on, which actually this makes it very refreshing. We finally, we do have somebody on this week. Yeah, we've been recording at odd times that just make it difficult for... For other folks but i think sean you were last on uh i believe it was for our review of uh battlefront inferno squad was it the last Whoa. one yeah that's that, a, that was a good book that was a good it book. was yeah um and before it's that you're on a few episodes before that as well but it's good to have you back on uh we're talking talking resistance now with you for the first time i know you've been watching the show what are your overall thoughts on resistance so far before we dive into the specific episode because we haven't you know, you, you you cover resistance every week on uh, on CNET um, and do a, a great job of that. What are your what are your overall thoughts? Yeah, it uh, it's taken a while to find its feet. I will say, I like the Colossus, uh, the environment in general, and I like kind of exploring that. But there have been a few too many light episodes that don't push things forward enough. Um, mm. But that has changed mm-hmm. the last two episodes. It changed sure. dramatically. Yeah, mm-hmm. big time. Yeah, uh, I, I think those are very similar to the sentiments we've we've expressed on the podcast. And uh, uh, I'm really excited that they've kind of turned a corner and kicked things up a notch. They they teased it with the the uh, the sec the trailer for the second half of the season uh, back at the beginning of the year, but they really are delivering. I think on that on that promise. So um, with that, I, I'm excited to talk about this week's episode. Tom, you want to give everyone the details? Sure. We're going to be reviewing uh, today resistance season one, episode 16, the new trooper. This was written by Paul Giacopo and directed by Stuart Lee in this episode. When Kel and Ella seek out Kaz's help after accidentally knocking out a first order stormtrooper. Kaz dons the trooper's armor in an effort to collect more information on the First Order. And the one thing I'm really appreciating about this, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, this is really kicking everything into a new gear that's moving this whole story forward. So I I find it really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's amazing. It, do you really get the feeling now that Doza's kind of being pushed into a corner in, in these episodes now, something that you can feel that he's just not, not willing to accept. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. The yes. poor guy, like, he's just like, I'm in charge here. And, yeah. uh, Pyre is like, mm-hmm. it's all your, for your protection. It's fine. <laughs> well, and yeah, I love even- his response too, right? When, when, uh, um, Doza tells Pyre, you know, this, this is my, this is my station. This is my my Colossus, you know. Um, uh, uh, you know, and and he, he even says the the pirate spy is gone. We should mm-hmm. probably maybe get rid of some of the stormtroopers. Doza's just like, of course. It's very. It's like perfectly like condescending 
and mm-hmm. like, oh, that's okay, that's cute, you know. It was like it, 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 the the way he did it was just so perfect, and you kind of have to feel bad for Doza. Like he's even later, he gets kicked out of his own office. What, so Pyre can have a me, private meeting. Yeah, and what got me was Pyre even sat there and said, you know, and it was hinted, why did you leave the Empire? It's like, well, you know what? I would almost want to come back and say, why is that your concern? But you could tell that's how far that Doze has been pushed into a corner because he just can't snap back at this. Yeah. D- do you think he will snap at some point, especially given what we learned well, with Pyre's, I think, Pyre's plans? Oh, I, I, I agree. I think, I think what we learned at the, ep- at the end of this episode, I think at some point he is going to snap back at this because you just get the feeling that Doza does not want them there. He did say that the pirate is gone, but Pyre's comment was, well, there has to be an accomplice, and now we have to find the accomplice. There's always something else the First Order is now pushing to keep themselves you know, on that platform. What do you, what do you think, Sean? So... I, this has jumped into speculation now. Yeah, uh, but, yeah all of it. <laughs> so the thing about like older characters in shows like this is they tend to be sacrificial lives. Like you see mentor characters and they usually die. Uh, they usually sacrifice themselves. And I right. wonder, is it going to be the case with Doza that mm. he would be like, this is too, a step too far and Pyro will just shoot him. Interesting. Interesting. And it would be a good um uh it would definitely change things up for make things more difficult for Tora too. Mm-hmm. That would be hard for her. Uh, Unless she's the absolutely. spy, right? <laughs> hey, I'm still I'm still holding out hope. Uh and I'm I why do I always forget her name? William, help me out. Tora. The, sorry? Tora. Not Tora. Oh, um, um, sorry. Who? Uh, which her? Uh, There's a lot Tana. of hers. Tam, Tam. Oh, Tam. Said Tam. Tam? Is it Tam? I don't. Yeah. Sorry. God, it, it's that's bad. okay. Uh, yes, I'm still like the way they're leading with Tam now is making me think that it might be her. Hmm. Oh, I, I still think consider the security that. droid. I, I get this feeling it's the security droid, the one that actually showed the first order into Doza's office. Interesting. Uh, that, could make for an interesting non-controversial twist as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting. But hey, get, to, to go a little bit further, what did you guys think of Cal and Ella? I thought this was really cool. They were fishing off the side of the Colossus. What did you think of that? I thought it was a neat twist on the fishing concept. You know, it's not neat. It's like air fishing almost. Where mm-hmm. They're they're throwing the line into the air and, and reeling it and hoping that the uh, the snarl fish, those the, the those fish are called. Um, uh, so like basically swim past and uh and latch on, uh, which was just it was kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. but it, you know it's it's more set up for the fact that you know they they kind of had to be somewhat out in the open so that stormtrooper CS five one five, played by Steve Blum by the way, who um mm-hmm. uh, you know, is Zeb, uh, played Zeb in Rebels, um, for him to stumble ac- across them and of course they have to. Knock him out, setting the whole episode into motion. Uh, I feel sorry for that trooper, man. But how did he get down there anyway? But then again, he's on patrol. Yeah, he, they're on patrol. They're looking around. Yeah. We yeah. know that the First Order is looking for uh, any disreputable or 
Really, I was gonna say any arrestable behavior, but I don't. I think that's a uh, what do you call it? The same thing. Yeah, yeah. They're, all behavior is arrestable at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and and, and, and that's feel, Sean. Oh, yeah, oh, go ahead, Sean. Uh, it's hard to feel too sorry for five one five though. Like oh he no, was bullying kids. That's true, but he was programmed by the first order. Oh, that's that's all. That, that is true. We get some interesting uh, tidbits on that in this episode as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. It's kind of hinted at in uh, the Force Awakens, but at the very end of the episode, uh, C what is it? CS five one five. He's uh, not going to be around for much longer. No, but you see that, and that's the fascinating thing I liked about this episode because we we find out that he's kind of programmed, and it makes it really easy for this whole little um, thing to kind of go away because when his mind is wiped, he has no memory of him being captured mm-hmm. technically by, you know, Niku and Tam and, and, and cat and Kaz. Yeah. So it sets it up nicely. I'm curious to learn more yeah. about the programming reprogramming process. Like we saw in, uh, the clone wars, at least they were trained. Uh, the clone right. troopers were, were trained from birth, but how does the programming piece come out are they literally like wiping their minds and replacing them like a like a hard drive or like a robot is it um, that's kind of the implication i yeah. got here like yeah. hey he's he's malfunctioning like let's wipe his you know kind of like a droid wipe him and start over which even mm-hmm. in the books i mean we had phasma the phasma novel and they they alluded to it a bit but i don't think they really have dived it's never been it. quite this uh blatant i guess right uh oh, well I mean, the guess- closest was in force awakens right um uh, Phasma wanted to uh, reprogram Finn, right, or recondition right. him. But yeah, okay. I'd love to. I'd love to learn more. The other fascinating thing I, I liked about this episode, and I'd love to get your thoughts, is the uh, the the meal that Kaz, Yeager, Niku, and Tam have at the very beginning, where they're actually talking about the um, the First Order and their different opinions on it. And it's fascinating to hear their perspectives. You know, Niku and, and and Tam both feel safer by the stormtroop with the presence of the stormtroopers. In fact, Tam only knows well, good stories. Niku, about them. I don't think Niku, Niku feels safer. Well, I I think I think Niku. Okay, Sean, what did you think of that yeah. experience of them that 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 scene with them at at the table? Yeah, I like uh, Niku was almost being facetious, wasn't he? Because he said in a threatened by the he does feel safer with them around in a threatened by the military kind of way. And yeah, that's it's, true. It's unusually uh, uh, subversive for him, uh, and it makes sense given his experience in the last episode with them chasing him and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But still, like he's got a bit of an edge to him all of a sudden. Yeah, mm-hmm. Niku in general was was definitely. Um, he felt like Niku, but he was a very different character overall. Um, yeah. He was yeah. a little more violent. He was a little more, he was still very positive, but in a uh, sometimes almost like ironic way or a mm-hmm. um, sarcastic way, or he wasn't like, I don't know. I didn't feel like he was as over the top or quite as crazy or, or harmful to the situation as he has been in, in, in past episodes. Yeah. Not but at all. I- not at all, but I think in this case, when he had to be that bit over the top, it wasn't it wasn't a thing to where it bothered you because it made sense in that point, especially when he had to knock the trooper out or anything like that, where where it something that that had a solution to him being that, let's say, crazy. Right. Yeah. 
And what I found fascinating was Tam, her experience with the empire and her feeling about that to where it was her grandfather, you know, was able to put, you know, food on the table and they gave him a job and they did this and they did that. So for her, it's like, she's like, you know, I see good that what the empire did. Well, maybe the first order is going to be the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much like how, you know, younger generations often don't realize the horrors that came before. They only see, they only hear you know bits and pieces, and sometimes incorrectly think, "Oh, that was a good thing." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no! You don't understand. It's not a good thing." Let's be uh, very clear here. <laughs> no. And, and when Yeager tries to tell her as much, right, about how you know he, he he lived through the empire, he remembers how they tried to you know add more security or move freedoms to just to pretend and under the guise of protection, and um, and you know it ended up exploiting people. And she gets mad at him and says, you know, she's, he's just taking Kaz aside and kind of storms off. And I thought that whole, the whole, ta- the whole discussion at the table was absolutely fascinating. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially the eating of what looked like blue bacon or a fruit roll up. I mean, that was, I, that was fascinating. I was say, it looked a little more fruit roll up to me. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I could, I could be swayed either way. I think we don't always get a lot of star Wars food. I feel like uh, resistance has given us a lot more than, than many shows. For sure, yeah. Um, but uh, also, did you guys did you guys notice the uh, the little painting of Bebo on the fireball in the background during the? Oh, I missed that. The, the, I did. The scene? Yeah, uh, I completely missed that. <laughs> yeah, if you no, he really was, carefully, he was there. The, Bebo's painted on the side of the fireball, so Nico has a uh, he's painted his beloved Bebo there, Bebo there, so it, <laughs> as a reminder of what happened. What I find very fascinating is when it comes to the shop that Cass is working and people just decide to drop on by. I mean, here you have Cal and Ella just walking into the shop. You know, it's like, uh, don't you guys have kind of security to where you you know somebody's going to be coming or you got to knock on a door? They're very stealthy, though. Those yeah, they are. They, they are. They've been able to hide underneath the uh, the bowels of the um, the Colossus for so long and until this comes up to where they knock out a first order stormtrooper and come to ask for help, everything was going just fine. Minor details. Yeah. I love that Tam, she insists on coming along and ends up getting caught up in this, this whole uh, situation. And, you know, we just learned she actually kind of likes the first order. She thinks they're probably good. And now all of a sudden she's involved in this she's an accomplice to this you know stormtrooper who's been knocked out and, and kidnapped and now they're hiding from the first order and uh, she really gets involved uh, mm-hmm. a lot more than than she'd like all because she insisted on tagging along to help these kids whom she just met you know a few episodes before um, I think was it uh, Steven or, or, or Sean I can't remember who someone mentioned that you guys think Tam might be the well like we've this Tom, guy? weren't you the one who was saying that in the last couple of episodes? Someone mm. thought Tam was going to be a spy. I could have sworn. Someone did, but I if it was me, I'm, I'm thinking, no, it's a droid. I'm thinking it's yeah, the, the security droid. I, my cons- I don't know if it's my concern, but like when we think about how hard they were kind of uh, forecasting that uh, Sonara was going to you know, change to good, right. having Tam constantly talking about how, you know, She's kind of on the side of the first order and likes the security. Mm-hmm. I and I I can't tell if at the end of this episode she feels worse or better about them. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you guys um, do you guys feel that this episode could have changed your mind about the First Order? Sean, let's start with you. What do you think? Do you think that this could have changed your mind about the First Order going through this whole experience with the two kids? My immediate reaction is yes. It certainly gave her pause. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there was a nice little moment there where she she's, she listened to what those kids said um, mm-hmm. about what sounded like genocide. Um, mm-hmm. And she wondered she thought maybe she got a little more perspective on the matter and do you think that convinced her i don't know my 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 immediate thought is yes but you've kind of made me question that see i actually agree with you i i think i think they are slowly slowly convincing her i think they they wanted to give tam a different perspective um one to kind of to to show that not everyone agrees that the first order is 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 Mm -hmm. bad uh, off you know usually incorrectly um but so that they could have her, you know, come around, I think. Um, I, I, I thought that whole dynamic was was really interesting. And I, I, I don't think she's being nefarious. And I think it'd also be too mm-hmm. convenient if she was the spy that, you know, Yeager happens well, that- to employ all of the spies on the station, except for the pirate spy who is good friends with them. Mm-hmm. But what I find fascinating is that at that one point before you feel that she's changing where she keeps insisting that they turn themselves into the first order. And that does kind of show like uh, naivete about her thinking that you turn, you know, turn it in and everything's going to be fine and dandy because you did the right thing. But I love how Kaz comes out with the alternative plan. And and that was totally within her character, right? Of course, if she believes the first order is good, of course the the thing you do is like, let's turn ourselves in now before this gets any worse because he's going to wake up. We're going to be in trouble. This is like, unless they wipe his memory. And of course, how would anybody think about that? You mm-hmm. know, um, they're going to be in major trouble as soon as he wakes up and eventually gets freed. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, I, and I love how they were bringing him down to the engineering level. And I just, I love how they're carrying him. And like Niku just dropped him and you see the head just go clunk, 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 clunk down the stairs. Mm-hmm. So funny the way and and and, and Nika's expression. She's like, "What?" Or uh, Kaz's like, "What?" The guy's wearing a helmet. The way they try to yes. move this guy around is just so funny. Later in the episode, uh, they put say. him on top of the BB-8 one. BB-8. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just sorry. I. Just, it's one I, of those things where like we kind of accept the BB-8 defies physics in some ways, even though they I know they built like an actual BB-8, but like I accept that BB-8 is not a real thing, but like. Just watching that, I'm like, I don't, I know that's not supposed to work, but it does work, but it's not supposed to. And it's just, it's basically like a human wheelbarrow where they draped yes. him on top of BB-8's head and the BB-8 just rolled while they grabbed his feet. <laughs> it's just, it cracks me up. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But, but we the, completely accept those things. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. It, it's amazing how drawn in we are and how established BB-8 is, even though he's relatively new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, you know, and so that, that course prompts um, Kaz's plan because he, the, uh, the first order tries to contact 515. And uh, actually, it's Niku who really, who starts to pick up the helmet and respond. And he's, of course, failing miserably. And so Kaz decides to grab it instead and then uh, don the trooper's uni- uniform and, and see if they can find anything in the first order systems about the, the kids and um and so he leaves everyone behind <laughs> and uh and and yeah like 
normally leaving Niku with a prisoner doesn't seem like the best option, but usually not. But, but yeah. boy, he was he's as 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 Kaz said, he's a pretty good uh prison guard, you know? Like mm-hmm. he um I kind of felt bad for the trooper, but you know, Niku already well, hits him on the head once with a wrench to knock him out. Once they're back down, right? They um uh, he, he he starts to wake up at one point and Niku's just like very friendly and helpfully tells him like, oh yeah, you're disoriented from being, you know, knocked unconscious. And uh, and then it eventually shocks him with an electrostaff when the guy says he's tired and like Niku's like, oh, I'll oh. help you go back to sleep. It's just, I love how honest Niku was. That cracked me up. And yet like, yep. Ah, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. And also even the, the first person shot of CS515 waking up and mm-hmm. getting, like, freaked out by the that was actually a nice touch yeah there's a lot of first person perspectives in this episode which is typically uncommon i would say in most shows but uh we got a lot of it in this one both uh both the trooper and uh and bb9e later in the episode did did we get a first uh first person perspective when kaz came out onto the platform in the marketplace and there was the quote-unquote insurrection going on there and the first order stormtroopers were saying stop and all the fruit was being thrown at them did I remember that correctly? I, think I thought that was pretty shot. cool when they were on yeah. that platform and that happened. Yeah, when they were when CS Squad is investigating the disturbance. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that that was the first time that Kaz actually was with a squad of stormtroopers. Right. Well, because S- Sergeant CS eight one two, played by Stephen Sandon, finds him uh, as as Kaz is walking along and basically orders him to to hop to fall in line uh, before he can go find that census data. Um, and, uh, quick side note before we get to the market, I just love how Kaz is like imitating his fellow stormtrooper. So every time the stormtrooper like randomly, cause he's like walking down the hallway, hitting boxes and kicking things. And Kaz is just doing exactly what the other stormtrooper does. It's just amazing. But, um, getting to the market, uh, so they, they get to this market and you know, as you mentioned, the, the, the citizens are, are protesting and, um, you know, the, I think this is like a pretty big. I don't know. Did, would you think it's a big jump from last week where they were harassing the? They, sure, they were harassing the the residents, um, but they uh, so many of them actually liked the first order, and now it seems like the tide is 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 turning. Sean, your thoughts? Yeah, they did. Uh, they did kind of crack down very harshly on the citizens. I can see why they like they impose a curfew, which is just classic totalitarianism. Uh, so I can see why the people would have turned on them. We also don't know how long they've been there at this point. Like mm-hmm. you guys have talked about the the unknown timeline, uh, but it can only be uh, at most a few days based on the way that they're talking about Sonara. Um, but yeah, they're just sick of it. They're just like, uh, who wants a curfew? And I don't, I don't blame them. I don't blame mm-hmm. them at all. Don't blame them at all. Uh, and I, I believe, um, I could be wrong, but I believe that we finally get a name for our first Bothan too. He takes a little more of a, of a central role in this episode. He was in the background previously. I believe his name is Nomura, um, based on the, the credits. He was the only speaking character who uh, we didn't previously have a name for, so or or, uh, or uh, we didn't have a, you know, a face to the name. So. Uh, in the credits so yeah namura played by steven stanton again what i found very funny and i love how they went back to oh pit oh 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 <laughs> okay 
Oh, Pipit. Oh, oh, oh. The, the, the guy with the keep, vacuum. Keep going, Tom. Okay, keep, sorry. Keep going. Sorry. The guy with the vacuum <laughs> with the big yellow head. Oh, peep it. I, I, yeah. Oh, peep it. It cracked me up that he's sitting there still trying to clean the facility, but he's on the floor with a scrub brush and a bucket of water. And he's scrubbing. And what, what made me laugh even more is Cass comes walking by and he's purposely, and here's a first order quote unquote stormtrooper. You'd think they'd go walking right through the puddle and not give a darn. He walked around it. Oh, I thought that was so funny. Well, and even better, he says, you know, this would go a lot. F- well, sorry. First, he steps in the puddle accidentally. Yeah, that's true. And that's O'Peep true. it like, like glares at him and starts like chewing him out for, uh, for stepping in the puddle. And that's when he goes around. And as he leaves, he's like, you know, this would be a lot faster if you had a floor sweeper. <laughs> Which, you know, if you guys remember last episode when the stormtroopers, the first stormtroopers stole the floor sweeper. Oh, it was so perfect. It's like this, like twisting the knife into Opipit, who like was already having such a hard time. Uh, I I love this saga of Opipit in the last two episodes. He's getting like a background character in other episodes, but Mm -hmm. we really now have this like recurring story uh, that's... they must. They're clearly prepping him for a spinoff series. Okay? It's, yeah. it's oh, a, very a Star Wars show, gag. a Star Wars story. Yeah, yeah. It's a, just a very subtle gag that they're carrying through. You feel bad those, for him. Yeah. Those kinds of background characters are kind of what makes Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yes. you, people oh, get obsessed, and the fact that oh, peep it. I think that's the first time I've said that out loud. Yeah, I think you probably said it more correctly than I did. So, <laughs> well, the fact that he is getting a proper development and it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. In some ways, he's almost getting more character development than some of the other ones on the show. But oh, very true. Uh, and, and I think William or Stephen, you said it in the last episode because they're adding that kind of world building thing with the the birds and the uh, like mm-hmm. pelican birds. They had a couple episodes back. The flying fish that are around the platform. That they're adding this atmosphere to this show. It's not focusing on these characters, and that's what's making the, this world so rich. Is they can develop a little character like this, give it a bit of a backstory, and have a slow running gag through the series, mm-hmm. and it works. It does. It does. And even later in the episode, you know, we see him, you know, uh, carrying this trash can, and it, 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 he gets knocked yeah. over, and the trash spills over the ground, and he just like dejectedly like kicks some of the trash down the hallway, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. I love Opipit so much. <laughs> There's no reason right. why, but he's just a great little character. Mm-hmm. He's, just, he's one of those characters he doesn't need to talk to have to exude personality you know no. not at all he's just he's there and he's awesome it's all it's all he needs yeah. mm-hmm. so steven uh kaz eventually in, in in disguise makes it to the first order's computer systems uh um, yes what, 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 what tell us more about this well yeah so i mean Kaz is he's now finally for the first time in what are we on episode 17 mm-hmm. he actually has an opportunity to genuinely find out what the first order is doing and why and so yeah of course he's going to take that opportunity and he gets into again another one of those little fights that physically I don't there's some shots that I'm not sure it makes sense but maybe it does but he's trying to figure out how to get the information out of the computer uh-huh. and then from there, you get, uh, is that, actually, is it, what's that? Uh, it's not a BBA droid. Is it a BBA droid? What's it's the BBA 9E series, the, right? The what? It, sorry, I don't know if, I don't know if it's actually BB9E, but in 
in Last Jedi and then Sphero put out a BB-9E droid, which is that style. I don't know mm-hmm. if the, that droid's model is exactly BB-9E or a different um, a different, you know, uh, designation, but... Um, yeah, neither do I. It's a BBA, but BB-9E in- style BB droid. So, yeah. so, Sean, what did you think of the little fight that's going to go on here between Kaz and the BB-9E droid, whichever designation we want to give it? What did you think of this? Because, again, when it comes to this show, it had some really good comedic moments, and this was one of them. So what did you think of this one? Yeah, I thought it was great. It, it lasted... Longer than I would have thought, I noticed on my rewatch. Maybe, uh, is it 30 seconds to a minute? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's surprising how long these physical things can can go on in this show. Because they've only got like 20 minutes to play around mm-hmm. with. And yeah, losing uh, losing BB-90's head, or BB-90 <laughs> losing his head, was excellent. Um, and I think, uh, I have the vaguest memory of... BB-8 loses his head when the hangar explodes in The Last Jedi, right? When Poe Oh, wait a minute. That back. does sound familiar. I, yeah, I was... Uh, oh, yes, he does. I, when he gets blown back. Yeah. I think you're right. Yes. I was trying to remember that, too, because I remember at one... Like, the Sphero BB-8 droid would often lose its head. Mm-hmm. Um, which Even was, the BB... Yeah. Which was yeah, which was great, you know, because it's just a magnet. Yeah. You, you plug it back in. Um, but I was trying to remember if we'd seen it in the movies, and I believe you're right. Yeah, it's when BB when BB it gets blown back, right when the hangar yeah. explodes at the very beginning. But sorry, you were you were making a point. No, it was just a a, a really excellent little fight, um, and I love that first person view from BB ninety. What wasn't he named nicknamed BB hate? uh initially oh yeah i believe so yes <laughs> oh didn't hear that one yeah that 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 is all that stuck with me well yeah. i just like how uh kaz was treating it as like hey hey you want your head like almost like a frisbee to a dog you want your head you yeah. want your head then go get it and he like threw it <laughs> or kicked it <laughs> which I, I feel like that got him caught you know, to a certain to a certain extent, you have to figure it that way. Why didn't uh, BB nine E make some kind of you know um, warning and pull in the other troopers? But maybe because he knew the maybe he did. Okay, so that's a, that's a that's a great question, right? So they, yeah. they get to Doza's office, like we like we mentioned, and he dismisses Doza. And Commander Pyre decides to have a, a a little meeting just with his own troops. Why he didn't do it on the ship, I don't know. I think it was just a power move, trying to kick Doza out. Mm-hmm. But um. Uh, uh, so they uh sorry i was almost lost my turn of thought um but but they they they, they inquire uh or they, they ask kaz for an update trooper you know 515 mm-hmm. uh, and he does it very poorly now I, maybe it's because he he delivered the report so poorly that they decided to send him for reconditioning uh or a, a brain scrape as they call it but um, or do you think they they knew before that I, that he was? I'm guessing it was the response because probably... later in the episode where they when uh, they have Kaz present to Commander Pyre, they, they Kaz delivers his report in his you know same kind of manner, and then they turn and they're like, "See, like it's that was a non-standard report." How? Yeah. That so you was think my, they suspected uh, before? My interpretation of it, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I I think they they probably just figured it was a. It was 
the programming going wrong, if they thought it was something different, they probably would have seen Kaz as they passed by Tora's room, give a friendly wave to Tora as they walked by. <laughs> but I don't think they caught that. So I think in this case, I agree. I think it's something to where they just figure it's the programming that was going bad. Take him back to the ship and wipe his mind. Yeah, I guess that makes sense too. Because otherwise, why would Pyre tell um, tell the troops about the the plan if he knew that there was a spy or or, or something going wrong in their in their midst? Which I find very surprising that the plan that they get from Captain Phasma is they are now sending a full garrison to the Colossus, and if the citizens object to this, then they will be either arrested or otherwise dealt with unless they are sympathetic to the First Order. So now we're getting an idea of why the First Order needs the Colossus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, we've been talking about this for a while, right? The, the First Order is trying to do something with the Colossus. We didn't, we didn't know. And, uh, and we were also wondering, like, why, aren't they, why aren't they fully like, you know, uh, subjugating the platform, right? Why, why are they pretending to go along with Doza? Um, and slowly Pyre is kind of, you know, flexing more of his muscles and kicking Doza out of his office. But for the most part, he's kind of playing along. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden now they're kind of, you know, getting rid of that semblance of order and decency and, and throwing it out the window and, and actually are trying to take over once Captain Phasma and her full garrison of troops arrive. Sean, what do you what do you think has prompted the the first order to do it now. I think that it's maybe Doza's ongoing reluctance that they're just like, screw this. We just do what we have to do. And it's also the fact that they're going to blow up Hosnian prime. I think that's coming very soon. Um, and like the, we've, we read in bloodline that there's essentially a cold war going on where the first order isn't considered a threat, uh, and it's because of stuff like this. You know that the fact that they're they're putting up the facade, it's it's letting them just go under the radar, mm-hmm. and soon it won't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a good point. But of course, BB-8 has to leave before right. Hosnian Prime can go. So I don't know how how they can get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah, but I know BB-8 is also supposed close. to be in the Poe Dameron comic, which takes place prior to the Force Awakens. So we're getting close, but I also part of me wonders like, there's got to be a little bit of time left for that comic series. Yeah, I I can't remember the exact timeline. Like the, it, I feel like that's again, it's all a bit squishy. Uh, we don't know exactly when things are happening, so they have a little bit of wiggle room there. Uh, I also just kind of want the Hosnian Prime thing to happen. So Me that, too. <laughs> that, there's an element of that too. Do you think it'll happen at the end of the series, at the end of the season, or or before? Oh, I mean, we're pretty well, close, we but do, yeah, we don't have too many episodes left. How many are there total? Uh, twenty-one. Oh. Twenty-one episodes. Uh, sorry, twenty-two. But that includes the two-part season premiere and the two-part season finale. Um, ah. So really, mm-hmm. really, we're looking at twenty, twenty different. Uh, weeks. Oh, you see, uh, like it, dramatically, it would make a lot of sense for 
it to happen at the very end. I just, it would be annoying to have to wait yeah. until the beginning of another season to see the fallout from that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I, I agree. I want it to happen soon. Yeah, we only have six episodes left, so we're we are getting pretty it's getting darn close. close, that's for sure. Yeah. And Kaz almost gets caught here because when he gets out of Doza's office, he's being chased through the platform by CS squad and he gets hit by more. He takes a wrong turn and ends up back at the market where he gets hit with more fruit. Mm-hmm. What I thought was funny is once again, I actually want to go back and almost count how many times this has happened just in the resistance in this season alone. But Kaz gets stuck in another dead end corridor in the yeah. Colossus. You uh, know what I find funny in this one? Didn't we in uh, Star Wars Rebels, uh, Ezra was always going through the air ducts, mm-hmm. but now in the Colossus, they're going through the the, the floor vents. Mm-hmm. I did and like it. It, it. it made me feel a little bit like, oh, reminds me of Rebels, climbing yeah. in the vents all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's how they get the trooper worked. through much of the station. Yeah. But apparently but, there are these vents worked. at the end of every dead end, so yeah. now they know how to and in this case. In this case, it works in their favor because they were able to get the trooper to where Kaz was and they were able to switch armor. Mm-hmm. Which is ultimately how the First Order decides to take this trooper and um, and, and send him for, for reconditioning. And the shot of like the, 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 the trooper was just so well done too as far as the lighting and, mm-hmm. and the cinematography goes. With, you know, 5... Because uh, uh, CS398 was using uh, the scanner to, to find... Uh, 515's location, right? And it brings them to the end of the, the corridor where Kaz was caught, but he's, the 515 is like standing up in this cone of light at the end of the hallway. It was very well shot, very well done. It was very well shot, and what I really loved is when they pulled the helmet off and you realize it wasn't Kaz under there, but I love the trooper just like talking about his little green friend. <laughs> and you, you, just, you just get this feeling like, dude, the funny thing is, warm they, fuzzies. yeah, and dude, <laughs> if they believed you, you could tell such a story, but they think you're nuts, man. <laughs> you're getting your, your, your brain wiped. Yes. Uh, not wiped. I think, didn't they say, wasn't, was the phrase scraped out? Ooh. Something that like that. Well. It was, it was yeah. a very like, ooh. Brain scrape is a lot scarier than brain wipe, I think. Oh, yeah. And the I'm... funny thing is, he was telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's <laughs> absolutely telling the truth. Oh, that's oh, so funny that's slash sad slash scary, but you know they at least Kaz was able to escape, and the kids had no repercussions, right? Because nobody ever found out they they weren't in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, when Kaz uh, went, when he was looking for the the kids' records, he actually found um, a, a a data rod with some uh, information on it, which we'll we'll get to in just a moment. Um, and so he, he got information on the First Order. He actually succeeded in his mission. He, Finally, the, he did the, a spy thing. He did a spy thing, and he succeeded. The kids were not, um, uh, they were not found out, uh, and everyone was was basically safe. It's just now Tam is hopefully a little more aware of the threat of the First Order, unless mm-hmm. she thinks that, that, uh, you know, I mean, they they did a bad thing, and and therefore the first order was rightfully upset uh, at them, and they barely escaped. But they they were the ones in the wrong. Who knows? Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, but uh, 
you know, I think the 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 episode ends finally telling us what the the first order wants because the the data rod has a map on it, and um, and and on the map is a bunch of fleet locations. Stephen, what your thoughts it, as our ship guy? Fleet locations or ships or bases, yeah. some, something in that uh, vicinity for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there's a lot. And it's actually funny. The reason we always go to Steven for this is, uh, you know, Steven, of course, loves the ships, loves the space battles and stuff. But I actually (laughs) forgot, Steven, you were reminding me back in the day, you used to write, used to do recaps of all the space battles for New Jedi Order, right? I forgot about that. New Jedi Order Encyclopedia. Yeah, that's where one of my first fan sites that I joined. And I was one of the battles writers. I I feel like I remember writing like, (laughs) honestly, it was probably like, a three or four page summary and i use the word very loosely mm-hmm. uh like description on some of the battles that happened throughout that series yeah, yeah that was a long time ago that's <laughs> awesome yeah is that still that's out cool. there? no i william and i were talking about this the other day and i looked and it looks like the website's no longer available yeah. which is too bad uh, but there are ways though it's, yeah, uh, it's probably on the wayback machine or something but anyway yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um okay but, but one yes, thing that's hence my interest and in but you know, so so good Good refueling I mean, base, critical mm-hmm. when you're going to be striking deep into enemy territory. Yeah. Well, Kaz remarks that it's that there are so many dots. It's it's more than even the New Republic Navy has. Well, if uh, I think it's uh, I think it's in Bloodline where they talk about you know that the whole thing is that the New Republic and the First Order have reached an agreement that they're not going to kind of militarize in the same way. Of course, the New Republic mm-hmm. had demilitarized heavily following uh, the Battle of Endor. Right. Um, and so, yeah, this is this is the kind of scary place that the New Republic finds itself in at the beginning of Episode 7, when it's like, hey, mm-hmm. your opponent outmasses you now by several orders of magnitude. Mm-hmm. In addition to being, you know, combat ready and, you know, yeah. ready aware of what they're about to jump into right mm-hmm. but and i guess the colossus is the thing they're going to use to help the station for for refueling so that they can refuel this massive massive fleet um what what do you think about this sean uh, using the colossus as a refueling station i mean it makes sense i mean it, like i wasn't i was pleased that they he found out the plan but I was not surprised by the plan at all. <laughs> no. It was almost anticlimactic. Oh, like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it, it, I'm glad we're moving forward. Even Wait. if it was slightly obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you mean the refuel, the Colossus, which is an old refueling platform, they're going to use it to refuel the fleet? What? <gasps> wow, that mind, makes sense. Mind, mind blown. <laughs> you see, now, for a second there, when I saw that map, it did bring up one thing until they actually explained all the red dots. I thought it was the map that Kylo Ren was trying to solve mm. to find Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. It did have when a you, similar. It had yeah. the similar. It, it had the similar feel vibe. to it. Yeah. When I saw the red dots, I was looking at it, going, "Okay, maybe those are the planet." And that this was when it first popped up. Maybe those are the planets they investigated that were supposedly Jedi Master Skywalker was. But then when they explained the whole thing about the fleet and then the Colossus, now we know the purpose of the Colossus. Now we know why they're slowly putting their claws into it. So we know the natural conclusion at some point is going to be either the Colossus. Well, maybe the natural conclusion is going to be one of two things. One, the First Order is going to actually take over the platform. Or two, that platform is being destroyed before the end of the series. Yeah, It's very possible. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I just hope they don't draw out Phasma's arrival. Um, oh, good point. The description for the next episode is, makes it unclear, but I feel like sometimes uh, in this show they said like, oh, um, you know, Commander Pyre is coming, and then like three episodes later he finally arrives. Um, but given how much, how we only have six episodes left in the season, I'm sure, oh, I, I hope they don't draw it out all that much. Also, it's worth pointing out uh as we're talking about the Colossus uh, being a, a refueling platform, uh, we for completely forgot to mention uh, during um, last week's episode when Sonara takes the escape pod and uh, and you know the underwater escape pod and, and leaves the station. Uh, as her ship is flying out, we actually get a shot of an underwater shot of the Colossus, and mm-hmm. if you look, if you pay attention, the Colossus is massive underneath the water. Um, yep. the, the part we see above, above the water is probably, oh, I don't know, um, a, maybe 10% of the real size of the station. Maybe it is a, a massive, 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 um, station, which is, uh, which is kind of cool to see. I think so. Yep. Yeah. It, like an iceberg. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's exactly like an iceberg. Uh, and so it just kind of shows just how much fuel or how much stuff is going on down there. We've only really seen a, a, a small fraction of the of the platform. Like that maintenance level, which we thought was near the bottom because it's kind of closer to the to the ocean, it's clearly not. There's a lot more happening. Now I don't know if it's all livable space or if it's I don't know fuel storage or or what, but it's interesting. For sure. This has me thinking uh, like how this show is inevitably going to go into the Last Jedi timeline and and post Last Jedi. I have to wonder, like, it, it, are all these characters going to end up forming the new Resistance or Rebellion or whatever they'll call it? it it's an interesting question because it looks like it's going to be running parallel to the um, um, Force Awakens. When we see Hosnian Prime destroyed, somehow the story is either going to have to jump or it's going to run parallel. So, so breaking news, well, we have the new title for Star Wars Episode Nine: Niku's Revenge. <laughs> we always knew uh, it would come to this. Who is he taking vengeance on? Everyone. <laughs> oh. they, they killed Bebo when they took over the station. And, and so now he's just walking around with his one. wrench and, and his uh, electro staff, like smacking people and shocking them. And he's going to take vengeance on the first order. Wait, wait, wiping hang on, out William. William, Storm you can't five one five. That's what episode ten is going to be. Is Niku like what is it? Niku two smacking people and shocking them. I think. Or is that maybe that's the novelization title? Niku two Niku, electric boogaloo. Niku two electric boogaloo. Yeah, Sorry. Smacking and shocking. <laughs> I think at this but point yeah. we should get to our ratings before it gets any any more. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably a good idea. Yeah, Tom, what are your uh, what are your thoughts overall um, on this episode? I actually, I, I, we've said this I think since the last couple episodes that the show Resistance is finally kicking into a really good gear and is really moving the storyline forward. Um, I enjoy this episode. I'm giving this an eight point five. I think it was. I really like the balance between the story and the and and the 
I will say it for a 3D character, the physical comedy of Kaz and the story, they were able to create this really good balance between the two and even throw Niku in there for his sometimes straight face comedic lines that were unknowingly Niku. Um, I enjoyed the episode. I, I, I liked it. An 8.5 is what I'm going to give it. I am taking my 8.5 Womp Rats and my 8.5 Womp Rats were the actual bait for the flying fish those two kids were trying to get on the platform. Nice. The snarlfish. Yep. So they were the bait for the snarlfish. So Very nice. Yep. Sean, would you like to go next? I can go next. Uh, I am going to give this an eight. Uh, I'm just very pleased that it's found a nice balance. Uh, maybe, uh, I, I, maybe it didn't move. I, got, I took a few points off it because the first order of the plan was just kind of obvious. Mm. Um, mm. After all that build, it was like, yep, exactly what we thought. But my eight Womp Rats uh, are being put to use by the First Order, actually. they are Their hides are used to scrape the brains of disobedient troopers. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, <laughs> a little dark. <laughs> Yeah, a brain scrape with Womp Rat. Okay, okay. That's, oof, that's crazy. I'm glad if you guys stole that one. I was like, oh, God, what if someone uses it? <laughs> that's a good one. A good I don't one. have a backup. Steven? Uh, so I think I'm also going to have to give it an 8 uh, out of 10 Womp Rats. And, yeah, just just a solid episode all around. Like, I enjoyed it. It worked. Um I kind of appreciate that this was a very like, you know, on a premise, you're like, oh, Kaz would never be able to like deceive the first order. And the answer is no, of course he can't. And he just kind of manages to make it out, extricate himself from the situation before it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like overall, just good episode. And uh, oh, I gotta figure out what to do with my eight Womp Rats. I didn't think this through. Uh, <laughs> so Kaz obviously was discovered. But did you guys know Captain Pyre is actually eight Womp Rats stacked all the way to the top and just no one else has noticed yet. Fascinating. Really? It really is. I mean, I to be never... fair, in the Phasma novel, isn't it the case that she's, or doesn't she say that no one has ever seen her face or maybe Cardinal says it yeah. in that novel? Uh, so, yeah, I believe it. That's totally possible. It's totally possible. Yeah. Well... Uh, I, I'm going to give it eight and a half as well. Um, again, this episode was, was very good. I like how they're finally moving the story along. Sean, you make a good point. It's not necessarily surprising in any way, but they're, the fact that they're doing it is really exciting. I feel like mm-hmm. they, they have managed to find the right, that sweet spot between comedy and seriousness and, uh, and, and now Kaz and Niku, especially who I think were both two fairly problematic characters early on Niku very lovable but almost too much and and Kaz um uh you know kind of too too much of a bumbling idiot at times uh both of them have really kind of come into their own and are doing a really good job um and 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 actually accomplishing their 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 mission their goals now mm-hmm. and while they they have they still have those aspects of their character they're they are um they're not necessarily causing problems anymore inadvertently uh, yeah, and so yeah, I thought this was uh, very well done. Liked the little details, even like Kaz like trying to wear the armor and talking about how uncomfortable it is. I'm sure the 501st can 
can, can yeah, uh, understand That's right. he did, the feeling. He did mention that once he put yeah. the armor on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm sure they, they, they understand the pain. But um, yeah, I'm going to give it eight and a half Womp Rats out of ten. I'm very excited to see where they go next. And my eight and a half Womp Rats, well... Uh, Steven, actually, I was gonna, I was gonna have them stacked up inside five one five when they were caught. Uh, you know, but more the merrier. But no, you know, it's it's okay, it's okay. Instead, rather than stack them up, because we realized that Pyre was was actually just a womp rat, and so he could be fooled for relatively easily. Um, you know what, Kaz and, and Niku are gonna give those those eight and a half womp rats to um to to Op Pit, so he can have some friends because clearly he's had a he's had a bad week or two. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Idea. Actually, you know what? So, what, his his actual brush was the other half of the womp rat. Oh, that's nasty, Tom. There you go. <laughs> I figured out what to do with that one sweeping up with like womp rat guts. That's disgusting. <laughs> Had to do something with it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Um, horrible, Tom. Yeah. Well, you I, you I should feel ashamed. You should. You should. Well, well I, I almost want to say maybe it's a core problem oh because that's what's coming up (laughs) next week we have resistance season one episode 17 the core problem poe and kaz make an unsettling discovery and must evade the first order when they are spotted by an enemy probe droid so poe dameron coming back to the show any speculation or thoughts for this episode do you think we'll see phasma no no i don't think Uh, we will we there's an allotment of one, you know, cool movie character per episode, and <laughs> just, it's not gonna not gonna happen this time. So I'm kind of surprised by how much we've seen Poe. I, I can't imagine Oscar Isaac is cheap. Uh, I I don't know how these things work, but I did notice in was it the last episode we saw Phasma, but she didn't say a word. She just nodded, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought, oh, there's some cost saving right there. Uh huh. I I have to imagine that that like do you just bring Poe in at the very like after the entire season is pretty much done and just have him kind of do the dialogue then? Yeah, I it, wouldn't be surprised. It's, it's probably possible. like a one day thing because he doesn't have a ton of dialogue. He could probably just do a one day, maybe two recording session. Yeah, you know. Oh, this is also an opportunity for BBA to leave. That's a good point. It's true, this could be the point. Yeah. Because uh, Poe had the red BB unit last time. And I was sure when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is the chance for BBA to leave. Uh, and now they could do that again. Yeah, see, yeah, because I-, I was surprised. I thought the same thing. I thought he was going to, I thought something was going to happen to CB23 and they were going to get rid of him. Uh, and Poe was going to take BB8, but he, he has not. And so that's it's probably a good so. idea. This this might be the last we see of, of BB8 if they are you know, quickly barreling toward uh, the Force Awakens like we like we think. And, you know, they, maybe they're trying to get a lot of Poe in right now because I don't think he can be in season two. No. Like, but he, no he's going to be, yeah. he's going to be with the rest of the, resi- uh, of the resistance at that point. And unless Kaz gets tied in to the bigger story, um, at least at the beginning of season two, that's still going to be during, um, Oh, the Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. Although those movies are so close together, it's probably going to be afterward, in which mm-hmm. case we're talking about pre-Episode 9 or, or or during Episode 9. There's not going to be a lot of... There's not a lot of room for Poe there. He's 
He's off doing his thing. Oh God! Oh, if, if Poe could, or if, sorry, if Kaz could team up with Finn or Ray, that would be pretty epic. At the beginning of Episode well, Nine, Kaz like pokes his head out from on the Millennium Falcon with everyone else. Uh, yeah. they're rushing away from crate. <laughs> and and that that's the interesting thing going into season two. Are they going to have it run parallel to The Force Awakens? And then that does give the ability to bring characters from that movie into resistance. It's true. Possibly. I'm very excited yeah. to see what happens. I think we'll get some teases at celebration because it'll be after this the uh the season ends for resistance. You guys are going to have to report on that. So write everything down. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, we will. Yeah. It's it, it, there's no way to give a show like this legitimacy than bringing movie characters in. I, yeah. I, it would be it would be a huge boost for it if they could. Obviously, they have a little bit, but to bring mm-hmm. more characters in. And I think that's a good positive going into the second season is we've got celebration right in between naturally both seasons that they could tease going into second season. And if it's going to be written in parallel to the last Jedi, then the audience at this point, if they show a teaser can build going into second season. Yeah. And it's, uh, they need something to make, to give resistance a boost. So that yeah. it doesn't get completely overshadowed by clone wars in particular. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be the biggest we the Clone one. Wars. We have Mandalorian. Um, like, I, I, I do, I do like the Resistance. I do like Resistance mm-hmm. um, a, a lot. I think it's it's not always perfect, but they're they're fixing a lot of those flaws, which I like, and I do enjoy it. Um, but yeah, part of me wonders, like, one, what is the viewership? Because uh, we don't know. They did res- they they did renew it for season two, but we don't know what the the viewership numbers are, um, and. Uh, and you know, once once we have, once we have uh, the Last Jedi, uh, sorry, once we have Episode Nine and the Mandalorian and the yeah. Clone Wars, um, uh, you know, returns. I I just hope it doesn't get, I, I yeah, I hope it's not overshadowed. I don't think so. I, I I think I think there is a place for this series, within everything that's coming up, and I think that if it's done correctly at Celebration, if they they promote it correctly there will be a hopefully a bigger audience going into second season if they somehow without spilling more beans or any beans give you the trajectory of the show going into that second season and how it is going to parallel or if there's a time jump that's going to get that's going to tell the story between um the force awakens and last jedi are they going to jump and hit that that time frame nobody knows celebration is the best time for them to say where the trajectory of the show is going to go That is true. Well, yep. there's uh, what we will see what happens. Uh, I'm excited for the core problem next week. And thank you for coming on, Sean. Well, thank you very much. It was a lot of fun talking to you guys, as always. Oh, yeah, we thank always you. Enjoy talking yeah. with you. And do you want to tell people where they can find you um, and all of your resistance coverage? Yes, they can find my resistance coverage and lots of Star Wars coverage from me on CNET.com. Uh, just this last week, I wrote about Anthony Daniels teasing some kind of announcement that everyone assumed was going to be the episode nine title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his subsequent tweets suggest that it's something from the past. Um, mm. And that 
that that article has gotten a lot of traction, but I really don't know what it could be. So no, no ideas, no ideas. I, I guess I guess we're going to have to wait and see. <laughs> well, my. Yeah. Uh, he said like something from the past or he implied it's something from the past. So one possibility is a theatrical re-release for the original trilogy, which would be very easy for Lucasfilm to do. That'd be nice. yeah. or, or, and this is highly unlikely, uh, some sort of official release for the holiday special, which <laughs> I feel no. like... Wait a minute, did you hear that? That wasn't supposed to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> I went, don't. I, uh, I mean, I'd buy it. Oh, me too. I would love to buy it, but I, oh, I, I can't see Disney doing it. I don't know. Yeah. There's not, no way. 4K not, release <laughs> makes sense. There's not a chance in Hoth that they would do that. No. I am oddly fascinated by the holiday special, and it is because I cannot have it. I mean, I've seen it, wow. uh, but I don't know if. I don't know if I could watch it again. <laughs> oh, I, I watched I, it through once. That was is enough. More than enough. I, yeah. I've I, seen bit. I've seen bits and pieces. No, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, any, any before we before you go, any speculation on when we might get a episode nine title? I know that's the that's the big thing for me. I'm, it'll come when it comes. I'm not too worried. But do you do you well, think we'll wait till celebration or we will get something before or a trailer? I, yeah, see, I, it would. I, I feel like they'd be missing an opportunity to generate that initial blast of hype because we already had the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi titles at at this point prior to those movies' release, so like months in advance. Uh, so we're actually past time that we should have it. The the episode nine title, so. I don't know. I feel like just they they create a, a bump in interest, and then they could have the first trailer at celebration. Yeah. It's hard to know. I mean, I'm kind of expecting it to happen any afternoon now. Yeah. Wait, check the news right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. did. I'm sure it's happening on a weekend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> no, I'm sure everyone at Lucasfilm is enjoying their their Saturday morning right now. So. Um, but yeah no, uh, we want to thank you as always for, for coming on um, definitely check out your stuff on, on CNET you can be found on Twitter as well at the Sensational uh, Sean no this, at Spectacular so, Sean sorry Spectacular Sean thank you it's even yeah. better than Sensational wow, wow. Um, yeah. that's I, like I, a basic you, know, you invite know. someone on the show you don't even remember I what know. their Twitter See, handle is I didn't uh, <laughs> Jeez. Sean, it's like I, phone numbers we apologize for, on behalf of William and the Ion Cannon podcast we hope you will forgive us and come back on the show sometime in the future I am tweeting about my outrage now <laughs> as you should at you can find those tweets at the spectacular Sean. <laughs> I don't know who the sensational Sean is, but don't trust him. <laughs> that's the uh, that's my uh, uh, my my uh, parody account. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, you definitely check out Sean's work. Uh, Sean, you also have an awesome uh, recap of everything to do with the Mandalorian. So if anybody, if you're curious about the latest news with the Mandalorian, or just want to see a, a, a recap of everything we know about the show, definitely go check that out as well. And it has some pretty wild speculation. Uh, oh, it would be so amazing if Sabine 
from Rebels showed up in that show. Oh, <laughs> this, oh now I'm going down a rabbit oh, hole. I'd, oh, I'd be would. ecstatic if that were to happen. <laughs> that would be fantastic. So, well, presumably they're holding her back for the Sabine Ahsoka buddy cop show. I'm. I, that has to happen, right? It has to happen. Someday. Love to see something. Someday. <laughs> yeah. Someday. Anyway, well, thanks again for joining us, Sean, and we'll be back next week with our review of The Core Problem. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.